Hey, 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 what's going on, everyone? You are now listening to Resilience in Action with Aaron Brown. What's going on, everyone? This is another episode of Resilience in Action with Aaron Brown. And today we have Cedric Edison as our special guest. Cedric is a phenomenal human being all the way around. I have known Cedric for, it's been, it's been a little over a year. I feel like maybe, maybe a little longer. Yeah, we might be pushing, going towards three on the cool. Yeah, yeah, because when we first connected, I still lived in West Virginia and that was in 2020. So, (laughs) so, you know, I, I'm not going to butcher your bio, go ahead and tell the people a little bit about yourself, Sid. Well, so I, man, I'm really right now where I'm at, I'm just a dude that's showing up as the dude I ain't have. That is really it. That's me. You know, the best way I can, man. But how I ended up just being this dude, right, was, um, you know, man, I lived the life of gangs, sold drugs, got kicked out the Marine Corps. He ended up having heart surgery um, at the age of 34, you know, and managed to survive that, which mm-hmm. led me to health and life coaching. And then that led me to speaking to you. Um, and it's just been a, it's been an interesting, beautiful, scary, tragic journey. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But uh, that's, that's the condensed version of the bio, not going all into it, because you might have some questions about it. But that's me in the, uh, what do you call it? The foot cliff note version. The cliff, <laughs> the cliff note, note. I version. like it. That's awesome because then I can come in and, all right, let's hit this cliff note. Let's hit that cliff note. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect. All right, so you said um, you were in the gangs and selling drugs and all that stuff. Talk, go. Let's say more. Let's go there. Like, when did you start? Um, what gang, if you don't mind sharing that? Like, or, or if you do, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to. <laughs> You'll have you, to. You're but, the first uh, person ever asked, you know, really? what, what, what gang. Um, so, you know, I was a shade, like what they call a shady tree gangster. You know, we are blood affiliated. Um, you know, and I, I started. So really how that happened, man, is I saw my brother. He actually, him and some of his friends created that, that particular gang in my mm-hmm. hometown. And not having a dad. I think you automatically defer to the oldest dude in the house, which was my brother, you know, so I idolized him, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so that's kind of how that, how that really all started. And I was around nine when I first, when they first created it and he really wasn't trying to let me be around, you know, he was trying to do it like, nah, man, you can't be around. He ain't really want me to be around it, but being, you know, so his his friends and they little brothers, we was all friends. So we just emulated what we saw. Okay. Um, and so we was running around claiming that we hadn't really earned it to get in or whatever. And so probably around the age, I think I was 12, no, 11, 11. Um, like, you know, I did the whole jump in thing because now my brother, he, he was gone to jail and and all of that stuff and around one of those times he was going to jail. I figured, all right, this is my opportunity right here. Okay. <laughs> and did all of that. And and really, how how that 
and this is in retrospect, in the moment, I didn't know what was going on. It was just a bunch of friends just hanging. You know, we went from little kids playing and then we're around, you know, the bigger dudes. And then it was us just really hanging out, honestly. You know, just to us, it was fun. We hanging out, playing, not necessarily playing. You know, we might go shoot hoops or whatever. Yeah. And then it was protection um, because I can remember them creating Shady Tree because it was like neighborhoods. But then other people start wearing colors and having to walk to school and do all of that. You just got tired of fighting by yourself. And so it was like you needed a group so y'all could just survive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh you know, and then for me, it was more one of those things, like, I remember getting sad every last day of school because that was a surefire way for me to get food. Like, I knew I was going to eat at least two times a day when school was in. Summer came, I was sad. <laughs> like, man, yeah. I'm worried. And so, you know, we started selling drugs because it and for me, I can't speak for everybody else, but for me, and it sounds sad, but it's the truth. I just started selling because I wanted to eat. I just wanted to eat. Yeah. Yeah. Say more about that. Like what, how was your family life like? What was that like? Man, back then, back then, you know, we had a really, really tight family, but I could, I could still remember feeling like my my immediate family you know my mom my brother and my sister like we were the black sheep mm. because you know we I can remember going to uh homeless shelters you know my mama being with this dude that dude or whatever um growing up in those but when I would go to my cousin's house they had an actual house mm. and then we lived in the projects so that the whole family dynamic I always felt less than. And I'm, you know, looking at my uncles and my aunties and my cousins, like, man, y'all can afford the Michael Jackson thriller. But I better not ask my mama for that. I already know what the answer is. Mm -hmm. type of so we was tight in that way, man. But, you know, when I think about it, I, I was thinking about this the other day, man. I was like, yo, I really wasn't shown as a kid, how to love in just any relationship because my mama was doing her thing, just trying to keep us fed, you know, mm -hmm. walking to walking to work, going to three jobs. You know what I'm saying? So she was never really there. So the love was different. It was like, okay, love was, I let you live here. I feed you however I can. That's how I love you. But she wasn't there. So that portion of the family was... Like, again, in retrospect, it wasn't right. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Okay. Okay. So you so you gravitated towards the gang to feel protected, feel a part of something. How, like, did, how, how was the love in that gang? Like, did you, did you feel what you believe to be love, love in that, in that gang? And again, I say that like a lot of this is is retrospective realization. You know what I'm saying? I look back and, oh, man, that's really what I was looking for mm -hmm. was love. But in the moment, you know, when it was all happening, it was really just it, it really wasn't like a sense of like that familiar love. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, man, it's my cousin. Like, man, I, I love you. It was just that time piece like man I hang out with y'all every day you my homie 
Like you yeah. my for real homie. You hanging out with these dudes every day. Time just automatically creates a strong bond. Uh-huh. You know okay. what I'm saying? Yeah, but yeah. In, the, in that time, it wasn't like, man, I love you. You know, when you're in the hood, you're like, man, I love y'all boys. You know what I'm saying? I love, I love the set. But it wasn't like when I think about my cousin CQ or my sister, like that type of love. Gotcha. It, it wasn't that feeling at all. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. So you you were involved in the gangs, selling drugs. How old were you when you decided that I guess you needed to change change your life and you signed up for the Marines? Or was that or was that something that you had to do? Mm, had to do not so much. Okay. So so in the midst of that, like I was always the good kid. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Meaning I was I was still afraid of my mama. So a lot of it, like I ain't even gonna lie, I was hiding a band down in my pocket mm -hmm. <laughs> to go to school. As soon as I dot the door, we'd have bust the count of my flag out. Okay. So it was like that. And I knew I couldn't go home. My mama was one of them. Like once you came home with an A or a B, you better not come home with no C's and D's. Mm -hmm. Right? I was terrified of her. So I got the good grades. <clears throat> Um, and I'm sorry, I started going off a little bit. You were asking about um, what was the question again? when you when you decided to go to the Marines? What oh, was yeah, Marine what did Corps. how did so, you get to that? So, <laughs> so really, man, what happened? And I apologize to whoever name is Earl out there. I really do know how I feelings. I just got some trauma around the name Earl. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> We might have to go back a little bit, so we fast forward, and my mama taking me out of out of the gang environment, so she moved us to Louisiana, and I'm 13. My brother had just got sentenced to like he got sentenced to 15 to 20. My mama like you will not go down that road. We high tell you. She end up and she moved down there with Earl, and we end up clashing heads. You know, stepson. Yeah. I'm in. Middle school, I, I know I'm grown. You can't tell me nothing. I'm mad and all this stuff because we the move. But I remember him telling me I wasn't gonna be nothing, and that I was gonna end up like my brother. And a little bit of time had progressed to now. I'm a little bit older, and I just knew it was more to life than what I was doing. Mm -hmm. I just didn't know how I was gonna get there because I had never seen nobody escape it. And so I'm trying to get to schools, college, and I'm getting letters back saying my disciplinary record was messed up. And I didn't know you had, I was like, man, I'm, I'm in the top. Actually, I was in the top 3%. Oh, you had the good grades. You was just acting up. Oh, I was stellar. I was just stellar student. Not a dummy by any means. You know what I'm saying? It was just, I would fight you in a heartbeat. Right. And so they like, nope, nope, nope. And I remember getting one from one school and saying, based on my disciplinary record, I'll be a liability. And I was like, man, that hurt. Wow. Liability? Okay. That's Dang. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but I get it. You know, they, they gonna have to deal with me because I'm gonna hurt somebody on their campus. Um, and so I didn't have nothing to do. <laughs> and one day my homeboy, how geeked out I was in high school. I was part of the yearbook club, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, and, and that was a funny story why. So my homeboy, he come back to school and he a Marine. 
And I noticed when the recruiters come, they can pull people out of class. <laughs> so you I want to like, get I'm out of class. <laughs> so I'm like, so I'm like Curry. You know, his name is Curry. So I'm like Curry. Say, like, man, hey, bro, I don't feel like going to this class, man. I need you to get me out. And he was like, well, I'll take you out, but I'm going to have to take you to the recruiter. So I'm big. Man, I ain't, I ain't finna do nothing. And so I go up there and talk to the recruiter, and I'm like, I'm going to see what's what. Then I talk to the Army. And what made me choose the Marine Corps, the Army recruiter, we made an appointment, and they missed it. It was like they didn't call me or nothing. I was like, I'm not trying to go nowhere like that. Yeah. And then an old friend of mine, I met her. She was a Marine at her grandmother's wedding, and she didn't cry. And I asked her, why, why you didn't cry? And she said, Marines don't cry. And I was like, that's what I want in my life. Okay. <laughs> okay. So that's the real deal. A lot of people don't really know. Like that's how I ended up joining the Marine Corps because <laughs> they don't and, cry. <laughs> because they don't. You join the Marine Corps because they don't cry. And I got out of class. <laughs> and you and you got out of class. Like, yo, like, like I I can't not acknowledge the. Do you feel? Do you still feel like like the not crying part? Do you still feel? that in your heart like like say more about that because i'm stuck on like you definitely need to show those emotions man, um, i'm a cry baby e hey <laughs> look i i matter of fact whoever listening to this if y'all know me i'm mad at y'all for not telling me about all american the show on netflix because from season two to the last episode i think i cried just about every episode you hear me <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know love to hear it i love i love to hear it say all right talk about so that back then you know back then you gotta think i'm i'm 18 and i'm still i'm still thick in the gang life because uh-huh. now i'm the leader honestly because i just took it from from beaumont texas took it down to louisiana they didn't know nothing about gangs and i'm showing them the infrastructure and uh, so it's still a part of me. And gangsters don't cry. Mm-hmm. And everything I knew about being a man, you suck it up. And so I was like, yo, if that's going to help, hell yeah. Yeah. So yeah. That was, that's how I was. And um, I wouldn't, crime was a sign of weakness mm-hmm. back then. You know, now, shit, I don't care where I'm at. If it, if it hit my emotions, I'm not going to turn the volume down on that because that's my emotions is the is the world universe's way of telling me that i need to pay attention mm-hmm. in the moment maybe maybe to what's going on but for sure i need to see what's happening with me absolutely. when i feel that emotion absolutely i love that i love that that's going to be one of your quotes when i do this <laughs> because that was that was that was phenomenal Okay, so you were in the Marines and got kicked out of the Marines. Mm-hmm. Let's go there. What what yeah. happened? Said man, I again. My mama used to say I was too smart for my own good. Mm-hmm. That's really what it was. Um, so, you know, you're a vet. You really couldn't have a gang life. So I had to suppress that a little bit, or just mm-hmm. well, really just find a way to hide it. But it was ways to let people know you was affiliated. Um, 
But what ultimately got me kicked out, man, is I progressed through the rank really, really fast. Because mm-hmm. um, I came out of boot camp at E3, like already two ranks above. And a couple of months later, boom, I pick up E4. You know, I'm just flying through the ranks. And what ended up happening is I got the job of a lifetime. I became the general's driver, who was the general of Mar 4 Pack, the whole West Coast of the Marine Corps, like from Japan down, like all the way he, over all of this. I'm basically his personal bodyguard. When he got to go somewhere, that's me. If he get in trouble, protect the general. Get the general out of there. By any means necessary, protect whatever documents y'all got by any means necessary. Mm-hmm. And, one, man, one day, it was a Friday, I get sick, I get relieved because you have your drive, you the driver, then you have a backup. Mm-hmm. Backup, step in, the captain sent me home, but then my stomach not hurting. It was a Friday. Later on that night, I feel good. Man, I hadn't been able to drink at this point in almost a year because yeah. I'm on 24-hour duty, so I can't drink. But now I got this a day off. I'm finna be a Marine. I'm drinking, 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 drinking. Like, let let go. But I'm still hanging with my lower enlisted friends. Uh Uh-huh. Which is a no-no. So I'm breaking the rules. But in the Marine Corps, we respect that rank no matter what. Mm -hmm. And you gonna respect my rank. And we out in town, they acting a fool. But I'm drunk. And I get emotional. And I have anger issues. So one of my, and he was, like, we was cool. We was all in the same clique. He gets to talking, bumping his gums, whatever. I get upset. And I, I remember telling him, I was like, man, if you don't shut your mouth, man, you're going to end up doing a couple of weeks in Tripler. Shut your mouth, Lance Corporal. And he disrespected my rank. The next thing I know, I hit him. And then, you know, you do what Marines do. And then he ended up in the hospital for a couple of weeks and, it just snowballed from that, man. Before you know it, I'm sitting at home. Now I'm spiraling out. <laughs> Damn. Okay. So, like like I said, we've known each other for a while. You know, my situation, you know, how I just, you got kicked out. I just got up and left one day, which is, and it, yo, it's not, like, I can, it's not funny, right? <laughs> Neither one of our stories is, is funny, but you got to laugh to avoid, um, I, like, I, sometimes I laugh because to this day, that's not something I talk about on a regular, right? Yeah. So it's, it's wild to think about, you know, what happened with you and the Marines, what happened with me and the Army, and how through the world and the universe conspiring, we somehow find each other. Right. And we're able to to relate and connect on a higher level than than some people, just for the simple fact that, yeah, we served and we're vets, but we also did not have the best experience. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's like... Is is wild. All right, so you're home. You're spiraling. Um, what what do you do when you get home? I try to, you know, because I try to do the right thing. But in the back of my mind, it's always 
man, who's going to hire you? You got kicked out of the military, out of the Marine Corps. And I just like, dog, we think we the best. Yeah. Top notch. And so, and I got to write it on the application. I can't lie. Mm-hmm. So I just went for stuff that I knew I was going to get just based on the fact that they saw that. Oh, I can go to Chili's and work in the in the in the kitchen. You know, I can go to Cracker Bear and be a dish boy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I'm gonna find my, I'm gonna find my way. It was just day to day, just yeah, uh, man, not just going through the motions, just going yeah. through the motions with a hope, just hoping, man. I hope one day it get better, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's that's kind of where I was at for years, and then. You know, like pride kicked in because it's like, yo, man, you know, like I'm I'm used to staying fly and I can't necessarily do what I want to do making, you know, it was like six some dollars back then. Yeah. And I was like, man, okay, I'm not going, but something finna have to give. Yeah. And I remember getting fired, got fired because I got angry because I kicked down the door of the manager and quit. <laughs> it was like I quit fired. You know what I'm saying? Quit I knew fire. I was gonna get fired. Yeah. Like I knew when I kicked that dough in, I was leaving, but I knew they weren't gonna let me come back. <laughs> right? So it was a quit fire. Uh, but then the crazy thing about that is Mr. Bill man don't care what you got going on. No nope. purse finna roll around. Big money like, on time. Man, I can't go back to mama. Well. You got your last check. It ain't enough to cover the rent. Well, let's use the skills you know you got to pay the bills. We finna invest. I'm finna invest in myself. Not the right way back then. Hey, man, this all I got. Sell me some dope and I'm finna flip it in. And I, that's how I ended up back in the dope game mm-hmm. for some years. <laughs> for some I was about saying now, or you find yourself back. Selling drugs. Mm-hmm. How long? How long were you selling drugs? Too long. <laughs> Honestly, till about I was 28, 29. Wow. And that had happened. That was in two thousand one, and so I went. It was about seven, eight years, maybe even nine, close to nine years. And all right, so this is a this is a question I've always I've always wanted to ask. Like, was there ever a moment, a point where you could have got out and would have been good with what you had? On uh, when when I look back, yeah. Mm-hmm. But when you are in that moment. And you used to making a certain amount because your your goal is lofty. Because uh-huh. now you have a large influx of cash mm-hmm. coming in, and it may you know. And, and let's just say, I now have ten thousand dollars saved up. Now, talking to said now ten racks, I'm good. I, I can make. I can make. I can change a generation. Yeah, with ten racks. But back then, it's like, yo, I need like half a meal. Ten can't can't get me there, and you know, you're sitting on a hundred racks, two hundred racks. You know, I get in retrospect, yeah, man, you would be straight mm-hmm. on a quarter meal. But back then, 
quite, I'm, I'll be straight up. I, I touched that. That wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. It wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. All right. Mm-hmm. So when did you, when did you get out of um, selling drugs? And when did you decide that that's that second time was the last time and you really need, needed to make that adjustment, make that change? Uh, it was 2000, what was that? 2007, I want to say. It was like 2006, 2007. Um, <laughs> on a fluke, on a fluke, I ended up having my house raided and it was the biggest drug bust in Williamson County that year. Um, wow. It was in like March. That was the because my brother had got out of prison mm-hmm. and two weeks after he got out, it was going to be like his birthday and I was supposed to go down there. And then I got arrested like almost two weeks to the day of his 18th um, of his birthday. Wow. And, um, and so I'm fighting this. And now this is the crazy thing, man, like how God worked. Cause I had some large, I, I had some, 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 some cash stashed away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had some, some rider dies that I knew I can count on to go get it to the people that I needed to, but they started out with 50 years. And I'm like, yo, I ain't gonna be able to do this with no public boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we gotta go in the bag. <laughs> and so we, man, I ended up, when I got out, I think I only had like five grand wow. after, wow. and I had like close, well, I wouldn't say close, but I had over six figures, almost mid six figures. And that's what I paid out to a team of lawyers. But I remember when we finally got got it down, I can remember the day before I was like, Lord, if you get me out of this, man, I swear I would never sell another drug. It'll be hard for me to sell a Tylenol, Lord. Like, just get me out of this. Yeah. And it ended up only being four years deferred adjudication. Wow. Uh, because it was just the way how, how the bus went down like it was just crazy so basically now I have no felony on my record because I did the four years clean and so it's like I have no felonies no nothing on my record that's crazy yep that's wild now crazy. while you were waiting and um were you were you free or were you in county or nah, they didn't give they didn't give me no bail <laughs> I ain't even have a bell. They were like, they no, was like, no, you gonna <laughs> no sit sir. your ass right here. <laughs> Cause, Cause not nah, they they they, they consider me a flight risk. Yeah, they knew, like it was. They knew I, I had the means. I wasn't gonna run, but to them, but they you had the, it like, yeah, you a baby kingpin. You got the money to go buy a plane ticket right now if you want to. Mm-hmm. We ain't letting you out, and they ain't let me out. <laughs> wow, how long did it take? How long was that process? It was, it was a little over a year and some change. A little over a year and some change. And I was just sitting in jail, like not prison, but you know, I was yeah. sitting in jail. You have court reset, court date reset, and then y'all might go. And then they make this offer, and you know, a couple months they come back counter. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. So you did you did your little piece of time. Um, you got out like on some that's one of the craziest stories that i've heard because that's wild because you literally just said they started with 50 years 50 years 
and got it down to what you got it, what they got it down to, which is phenomenal. <laughs> that's crazy. That was and like, didn't rat on nobody. That's see, nobody. and that's. <laughs> it was my fault. I, yeah. I did it. Yeah. I, I Look at you it. taking accountability. Like, love it. Love it. All right. So you do your time, you get out. Now it's time. Now, now you're like, I'm never, I'm not going to sell a Tylenol. What is the next step? What is the next step in your journey, in your story? Um, so then, you know, it's some years that went by. Now I got a double ding. I'm man, now I got this uh probation thing on here, but I'm gonna just give me a little low gig, right? Um, and it just started working now because now I, I ended up working at a battery store and was coming across different types of people, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And I remember the first time this dude came in and gave me a black card. I thought, <laughs> I, I, had, I ain't know nothing about no black card. And mm -hmm. I thought it was fake. I'm like, sir, I need a credit card. <laughs> like, it is a credit card. Cause you know, they metal. Yeah. I'm using plastic, sir. <laughs> so it's that kind of clientele. So I started, like, looking, not really, yeah, I was not really looking down on them, but just making them human. Mm -hmm. Like, yo, they, they ain't no different than me, man. He ain't like he's not no, they not nobody. Yeah, they just they just like me. They breath stink in the morning, just like mine. You know, so <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but that's how I'm you know humanizing them, and so yeah, I'm like, absolutely, I could do that. I know I could do that. Like, dude, you graduated the top of your class. Like, bro, you excel. Yeah, you got kicked out, but look how fast you moved up the rank. Mm -hmm. And so I, I feel like that battery store is what kind of snapped that, snapped me back into reality to start paying attention. Okay. Because then it's like, okay, I want to become a manager here. I know I can at least become a manager here. I'm making more. And now I'm playing and doing my thing. And, uh, and then I finish out probation. And then it was like, I was, it was time for me to grow. You know, we just start having shifts at the store. And then uh, this hotel company, a call center working from home. And I was like, yo, that'd be dope working from the crib. I didn't think it was going to be how it was. You're still attached to something. I'm just like, at home, work, cool. Yeah. All right. And went in and got that, you know, got that job. And that was one of the best jobs, paying jobs I had at that point in my real life, mm -hmm. you know, outside the military. And then... It opened, I'm looking and I'm like 20 years, 30 years. Everybody had all of this time. And I was like, this is where I need to be. Cause if all all this many people done been here this long, this is a good company. Mm -hmm. And so it was a it was a dude that looked like me. And he was one of the only brothers in the higher echelon. And I was like, yo, that's dope. And I remember just watching them like, okay, okay. And um, and that was just kind of a journey, man, on the uh, corporate front. And I remember going for, it was like a supervisor position. I told my mama about it. I was like, man, these people, I want to go for it, but they're not going to do nothing. She was like, boy, stop that. She was like, it's been a long time. Them people just going to see you been in the military. Don't worry about it. She mm -hmm. said, here's what you do. She asked me when it was going to be. And it was like some months away when they was going to start doing the interviews. And she said, 
until that interview, I want you to go in there and act like you got the job already. Mm-hmm. She say, act as if. And I was like, act as if? She's like, yeah, act as if you got the job already. Dress like them, act like them. You probably can't write nobody up, but make the decision. Like how? And so that's what I went in. Went in and did. Then I just started telling that same guy, Otis. I was like, hey, man, you ready to move up? You ready to move up? Every day I walk around because he would speak to people and I would come in early mm-hmm. just to walk around. Hey, man, how y'all doing? Hey, how y'all doing? How y'all doing? How y'all doing? Shake your hands. Hey, man, you ready to move up today? All right, cool. And then, boom, got the job. Then another management position, boom. And then I was in Wichita and then opening up a center out there. And then that's when the heart attack thing came. <laughs> All right, we're talking about okay. So you were working at the the hotels. You had a, you had a, you like you legit had a heart attack. Well, uh, it was worse than that. <laughs> so I'm at work. They think I'm slurring. My partner asked me if I've been drinking. I'm like, no. And so, but I had a bad bad headache. But I had mm-hmm. migraines before, and I'm thinking, man, it's a one off migraine. All the classic signs. But I'm like, man, you know, I'm just go to the hospital just to appease everybody because they kept getting on my nerves, really. Yeah. And so I was like, man, I'm finna leave because they're gonna, they gonna piss me off. <laughs> they're gonna make me mad. Don't so get mad. Go. That's why I said, don't get mad. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I got issues with that. <laughs> so, but I would just close myself in my office. That's all yeah. I would have did. Lock the door, turn the light off. He gone. <laughs> don't bother me. But I'm like, man, I'm, I'm finna go to the house. But I lived one exit, the hospital was one exit before mine. Mm-hmm. It was midday. And I'm like, you know what, man? I'm going to just go swing in there. Ain't nobody going to be in the ER right now. You're going to be in and out, dog. Hour and a half tops. Boom, you good. So I swing in that bad boy. And now, mind you, the whole time, I ain't going to lie, my head banging. I'm, I'm not feeling good. I'm yeah. really not. But that masculine, that other kind of masculinity, I'm good. I'm going to just go home, sleep it. I was literally, that's what I told him. I'm going to sleep it off, man. Play some 2K. Be straight. Man, I go in there on people telling me I'm having a stroke. I was like 220 over something. And they asking me how I got there. I'm like, I drove. And they was like, sir, it's no way possible you drove. I'm like, man, I, I just drove. That Mustang out there, I, I drove. Leave me alone. Mm-hmm. And they like, sir, you having, you're having a stroke right now. And so they do the CT scan and they was like, yeah, you got an aneurysm on your aorta. And right now it's on the verge of rupturing. Wow. If it ruptures, you have a 98% chance of not even making it to the OR. Hey, 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 y'all. Listen, it is time for some action. If you are enjoying the content that you've been listening to, I need you to rate and review. That's it. That's all. Make sure you go to wherever you're listening to this podcast and rate and review it for us. We appreciate you so much. Let's get back to some resilience. And within, it was about 18 hours later, I was back in Houston getting chopped up. No, May 22nd, eight years ago. Wow. Wow. So that anniversary just passed like a couple months ago. Yeah. A couple weeks. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Crazy, crazy. So, all right. So you, you had to have surgery. How long was your recovery? Man, I went in May 22nd. I got out. It was July 1st. Matter of fact, yeah, today the anniversary. Wow. 
Cause man, like, like they cut me from my belly button all the way up to underneath, you know, like my pet and all the way around to like almost the center of my back. And then there was another small incision down at the bottom. Like I had to learn how to walk and all of that. I was, I was, that was my next question. Like, did you have to relearn your motor skills? Oh, oh yeah. for sure. And man, that was the worst pain ever. I wouldn't wish that on my, on my worst enemy, mm. but it was the best thing ever for me. Yeah. <laughs> People are like, man, I can't even say that. I was like, man, just the way God designed me for that test, mm -hmm. you know, and some people, you know, he prepare you in, in your life all the way up until your test to take the test. Mm -hmm. And you find out if you pass the test by how you react after. Yeah. Because you might have to go back and retake or get a tutor. Yeah. And, sometimes, and that's what he was doing with me because I had I had tests. Okay, man, I'm going to give you the Marine Corps. I failed it. I had to go back and retake. You know what I'm saying? And then, boom, like I got arrested. Okay, man, you still not learning? And, you know, like, all right, because I had learned, okay, all of that part, but I was still partying hard. Mm -hmm. When all that man say, bro, you still not getting the picture. Okay. Boom. So if I finally passed the test. And that's why I say, man, that was the best thing ever. Gotcha. Gotcha. All ever. right. So you 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 get your your surgery, you're you're recovered, you're healed. Uh where are you where are you now in your journey? I mean, I'm still at <laughs> I'm still at the hotel company. And now I'd have moved. I done picked up my life from Austin, moved to Wichita, and now I'm back there. And then a month and a, a month and a half later, I'm still on the walker. I get fired. What'd you get fired for? So while I was in my recovery, I had forgotten to pay uh, one of the corporate credit card bills from months before. Mm -hmm. And company policy is is z like when they say zero tolerance on being late for managers and above yeah. on a credit card bill we gotta let you go f him they don't care <laughs> like you broke the rule and it was one it was just one of them all crazy technicalities you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. and from that man i that's how i that's how i ended up homeless so you've been homeless too say man Hey, you like I be telling people, man, I got one of the craziest stories ever, man. This junk could be a movie, man. All right, so you lose your job. I'm on the walker. On on the walker, <laughs> like literally still using, and then you end up homeless. It was a couple. So, like, how how did that happen? I still had a couple of months on my uh, on my Wichita spot, and I'm trying to find little gigs here and there. And uh, nothing shaking up out there. And so I tell my mama, like, hey, I just need to come chill for a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Get my head right. You know, it'd probably be like for a couple weeks, a month. But nothing shaking out there, you know, when I go back to Beaumont. So I'm ready to move around. But I really just start sleeping in my car mm -hmm. at this point. And um, then I ended up going to get my CDL. Because I'm like, man, I need, because that was the most logical thing. I was like, I need somewhere to live. Oh, you can sleep in your truck and you can get paid. Cool, I ain't got no rent or nothing. So yeah. that's how I ended up getting my CDL, start driving trucks. Now I'm not paying rent. I was able to stack bread a little bit. and uh, But the company was 
was robbing us. And then I end up working with some, um, today's word would be Romanians. Okay. Um, you know, because I just found out that you're not supposed to say gypsy. That That's like a racial slur. I didn't know that. So, uh, yeah, I ended up working for some Romanians, which was I jumped from the pan to the fire. And I was like, yo, this <laughs> cannot be the, be my yeah. life. Like, yo, like, how, what's, what's wrong with me? And then around that time, that's when I put that metal in my mouth. You know, at that point, because um, to me, nothing was working. Mm -hmm. Man, I'm I'm trying, and I don't try everything I can possibly try, man. And now, I'm working with these people, like that's literally treating me like a slave. You know what I'm saying? They only giving me 150 dollars a day. They paying, you know, they paying for somewhere to stay, but they talking to you bad. Yeah. Like super bad, threatening to fire you. And I was like, man, I, I ain't, it's not going to get no better than this. So I'm finna go ahead and just end it. Mm -hmm. But the gun ain't work. <laughs> On purpose. Another one. On you know purpose. what I'm saying? Like, all yep. right. Well, you would have failed that test, but this, this was a practice test. Uh-huh. All right. Okay. Here we go. And so now I get I get another chance. And then I take my savings, invest that. Long story short, I invest that into uh, health coaching, life coaching. Mm -hmm. And then that's kind of when all of this speaking thing come into play. And it's just been a, a beautiful morph, you know, since then. Yes. Since then. But that, that tasting that metal, though, man, that was... That was almost like the final wake-up call. You know, you got this pillar, and you got that pillar, and this pillar. You got different pillars. Some of us, we don't need that many. Some do, some don't. Uh, but that was like, you know, man, when you when you having suicidal ideations and, and you actually try to go through with it, and you live, is <laughs> it's, it's sad. But then the realization of it all, too, like, yo, okay, you really, really, because I, I got the, I had got what was going on after the surgery. It was just, it didn't feel like it was that serious after, because mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I feel normal, but I didn't feel normal after that, because I was like, man, in my mind, normal people don't try to take, take their own life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, yo, something... Something not necessarily clicking the right way, but at the end of the day, I control this. Mm -hmm. Like I controlled, I put that thing in my hand. I put my finger on that trigger. Like I did that. I got myself in all of these situations. Like nobody else. Like you really see you in yeah. every problem that ever got you to that point. You see it. And in that moment, you are already feeling the worst pain you can feel. So when you see it, it don't hurt as much. So you get to just see it for what it is. Mm -hmm. Like with no emotional attachment. And it's like, ah, okay. It's, it ain't the world. It ain't God. It's me. Gotcha. That was, gotcha. That was the game changer. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, how how are you mentally now? Do you still suffer from those type of thoughts? Those type of what, man? 
Like I, I, I want, I'm ask, I'm asking you because I also tried to. I didn't try to shoot myself, but I also tried like a few times, and every single time it didn't, it didn't work. Um, and I'm, I'm asking. I want to let you answer before I tell you what I'm thinking. Yeah, it's um. I ain't talked to everybody, but I think anybody that have those thoughts, they don't never go away. Cause you can, cause you're gonna always, not always, but at some point you're probably gonna travel back and visit that moment and all of that. Um, and then sometimes it's like life get hard now and it's, oh, I still have them. But I think the work that I do now and where I'm at in, in just that personal growth it's longer spans. Yeah. In oh my God, Ced. Cedric. <laughs> What's up? You, you literally took everything that I've been saying, thinking since I decided to take that turn. Like you lit you literally just said my answer. Like that's why I wanted you to answer first. <laughs> Because I didn't want to give you any, like, any inkling, any, you know, nudge. But I, and this is a, this is a real life conversation um, that I've had with my wife. And she's like, what, like, what is it? And I'm like, I I don't, I can't pinpoint it. But I know for me, for me, that those thoughts to this day, depending on my mood, depending on what's going on, those thoughts don't ever leave you. And I, and I feel like if you got to a point where you actually attempted and did not succeed, that it's even, it's, it's even, it's a stronger pull, um, on your, on your resilience. And like, like you, like you said, what you do now and the work you're doing, those spans where you have those thoughts are more spread out. Like you, you just said everything that I was thinking, like for, I I knew we always had like a lot in common just because, (laughs) you know, but the fact that someone else literally like someone else who, 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 not only thought about it, but actually attempted. Because I think there's a there's a there's a small difference between somebody who's like thinking about it and then someone who's actually yeah. attempted, you know. Yeah. And for you to say like the work that you do now, like I I feel like I found a reason to not really to have those thoughts, but to now I have a, a, a stronger foundation yeah. and something, something more solid to stand on so that those thought, those thoughts don't consume me. Right. Cause they very, that, yeah, that's, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. And then, then at some point, you know, like me now I'm, I'm really getting back into like deep trauma work. Mm. <laughs> um, because I'll be remiss if I if I didn't say it's possible for you not to even have those thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and this is like me just kind of geeking out a little bit, you know, when I think about how the brain is, it's it, and it's really just all based on our memories mm-hmm. and, and coping mechanisms, if you will. Um, because our memory, like it's all, the memory is just associations, just mm-hmm. bits and pieces. Like you don't remember who was driving, what color car was it, a, that person that was next to you. But you you could probably remember going down the highway. So it's yeah. just bits and pieces. So it's not a full picture. And so now it's just going back, doing the work to actually be able to sit in that that moment emotionalist mm-hmm. and view it and then just doing some some deeper, deeper inner work to release I like to call, it. I like to call that heart work. Yes. Yes. I like the car. Like um, it's 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 hard work to do it, but that I like to call it heart work because mm-hmm. that's that's where the most that's where the challenge is is mm-hmm. is doing that doing that inner work because we can we have I guess as human beings we have the ability to always highlight everyone else and their flaws and their opportunities um, but when we hold up that mirror we don't ever like to to sit and stand and acknowledge what is reflecting back to us um, oh man for sure because we bullies uh, bullies we, we bullies, bullies to the world and and we're bullies to the world because we're bullies to ourselves first. Man, we the biggest people that haven't been bullied. You have by the biggest, baddest one ever walking this planet, and that, and it's up here and it's quiet yep. to never lay a hand on you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and never we'll bully you. We'll call you the worst things possible. Um, but you can you can slay that giant. You can slay it. Um, yeah, with words, man. Like, that's why I just be preaching about words now, mm-hmm. you know, because that's what's going to spread the gap be, because it's subconscious and it, and it's habitual, just like driving. Like, when we first got in the car, man, you literally had to think and concentrate on keeping that machine straight. Like, oh, my God, oh, my God, get on the highway. Oh, oh, right? Now you... Texting, eating a burger. <laughs> man, I be driving with your leg foot up, hot, talking to the kid. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. You don't even think about it because it's habitual. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I'm really getting back to understand. You know, I kind of gotten away from that, being so far from the basics of life coaching and all of that. It's like, yo, okay, yeah, you don't went deep, but as long as you're alive, the longer you live. I, I, how can I say this? How is in my head? The the deep hole moves on a continuum with you as you get older. It doesn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And no matter where you're at, that hole can get deeper, you know, as you move. And it's like the work's never done. Mm-hmm. It's just dig deep because the way the human mind works, if it's new, like this this muscle up here, this little flexible thing inside your skull, its main objective is safety. Point blank period. Well, and it has two other ones, like to procreate and to protect, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Um, 
but as long as it's for safety, anything new, it's like, this is hard. This is nah. And then we go into that thing. So now it's like, dig deep. Why dig deep? Why? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. All right. Let's so we take, we're, we take all of that and move into the work you do in fear. And I see your shirt says fearless. So let's go there. <laughs> you said, what did it say? It's fearless. It's a vibe. Let's go. Vibe. <laughs> let's go. Like, let's, uh, all right, let's go there. The work you do in, in fear. Because w- when I first started, I did a lot, a lot of work. That's why I had fight the flight. You know, fighting that natural urge to run when things are uncomfortable or scary. So let's talk about your fearless. It's, it almost needs a slash in it or a space the way I see it. It's really fear less. All right, fear dash less. I got less. you covered. Yeah. And like, man, I always say it's, it, fearless is not the absence of fear. Mm-hmm. As long as you're breathing, you will probably feel fear if you halfway trying. <sighs> the What I found, though, is the goal is to do it afraid. Uh-huh. Do it anyway. Just do it afraid. Yep. Jump out the plane. You're gonna be scared. Worse work. Because man, how what what ends up happening is our brain is gonna latch on to not necessarily the worst possible outcome. We'll probably bring it back two or three dials. Cause we all know the worst possible outcome is I try something and I can die, right? Mm-hmm. That's the worst possible one. But if it's oh, uh, what would they say? we're going to think that they're going to say the worst thing because we know what hurts us. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing we're going to think people are going to say, oh, they're going to say this thing that hurts me. So I'm not going to do it because it's safe to not feel hurt. Right. Uh, But it's every time you do it afraid, it's almost like you put on a piece of armor around Mm -hmm. that hurt, around that judgment around whatever it is because fear is just the top level of it mm-hmm. we just say oh i'm scared but, but when why? we dig deep mm-hmm. and we put a name to it and that's why i talk about words so much you gotta name it it's power is life and death i can kill a fear or give an overpowering emotion power by claiming it mm-hmm. which we call the the funny word manifest it. I can manifest that through what I say. I said I was going to write a book. I did that. It's the number yeah. one. Now, all of the stuff that came with it, I didn't know. But I used to say, man, I'll never be an author. And guess what happened? I never you wrote a never book. never was an author. Yep. Never. Yep. But once I started saying it, before you knew it, I was meeting this author. Oh, this is an Arthur coach. You help people. Then it's now I'm able to ask questions and boom, now you got another one. Next week, second one coming out. You're not like, what? I'm a dude from the hood. I'm just a dude. Mm-hmm. Right? I said that in the beginning. And I'm like, yo, when I really think about it, the only reason I got a book is because I started saying I was going to write a book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to, once you, I feel like you speak that, once you speak it into existence, you give it life. Like you said, your words, um, acknowledgement is the uh, the first A in my fight to flight method is acknowledging. Acknowledge what the issue is. Acknowledge, speak it, write it, type it, however you do it. Acknowledgement, 
acknowledging what it is, then you can, then you go from there. But, but speaking it, you cannot, you cannot address anything if you don't even acknowledge it's there in the first place. Right. Very difficult to do that. Like, <laughs> for real, like, it's, but, it's almost like a baby running in into the, like, I, I, I use an analogy, a baby come in right now, if we was in the room crying, right? It wouldn't make sense for us to just, as soon as the baby come in, we go run in, run off, grab the first aid kit and grab some peroxide and pour it on their knee. Mm-hmm. It's not even cut. <laughs> well, no, here's the thing. Well, we wouldn't even ascertain that until we got to the knee, mm-hmm. right? But there's some things we got to do to fix that problem. Mm-hmm. We have to start asking some questions and analyze the situation. Like you have to analyze like, well, What's going on? Okay, analyze it. All right, now once I diagnose the problem, okay, hey, I can see it's the knee or, oh, you're hungry. Here's food. But the whole time I'm saying stuff and, in my, and even if I'm not saying it, I got to think it. Mm-hmm. And that's a word in itself. Thoughts are powerful too. Yeah, because if I tell you, hey, don't think about a spotted elephant. Guess what you're thinking about? Yeah, it, you cannot. <laughs> you, words, man, my homeboy Stan Pearson said it best. Words are undefeated. Mm-hmm. They undefeated. That spotted elephant is undefeated. Yep, <laughs> yep. Damn sure is. It's crazy. Perfect, perfect. All right, so we go from, you know, from <coughs> the gang life. To selling drugs to the Marines, to getting kicked out of the Marines, to trying to trying to get your footing, to ended up being back in a drug game, doing that for a while, getting getting busted, doing a little bit of time, getting out, not even trying to sell Tylenol, right? <laughs> not even trying to sell Tylenol. Find a find an amazing job that you love. You put your you pour your all into it. You end up having a stroke, having to have open heart surgery. I'm guessing open open body. They cut you open. It don't matter where it was. They cut you open, <laughs> right? So you got to go through that healing process just to turn around and get fired from that job that you love so much. Like to end up homeless and wanting to end it to where you are today what what got you there (laughs) oh my mom and them say a whole lot of people always prayed for me (laughs) (laughs) um Cause if I if I say how is it how I really go in my head, we'll probably be on here for about two three hours. Me trying to explain <laughs> that whole concept of uh, but but no, I'll, I'll say it like this, man. My higher power, my higher power. Um, I mean that's the simple answer because at the end of the day, outside of the universe, we're powerless. <laughs> you know, we just. Uh, now, once we connect with it, then we can see the things, you know, yeah. but the universe placed me in a, in situations that actually just woke me up. Um, 
and once I was awake, I was, I just wanted more. Mm -hmm. and, and that equals wanting more equals three letters for me always. And that's how I look at it now. And that's W-H-Y. Um, it, it's forever going to be deep. And I also understand that it can be forever changing. Mm -hmm. um, because the same reason I got my coaching certifications is not the same reason I do it now. Because it started out with health. I just wanted people not, I just wanted people to have healthier hearts. Yeah. Because that was something I lived through and, and that was that was my thing. But now as I progressed, I realized I'm a empathetic helper. That's what I was placed here to do. Mm -hmm. Um and that was the purpose of my journey was to accumulate a powerful story to be able to take it back to first young people and then other people of the world. Yeah. Um, and that's where my why is now. I like that's why in my mind right now, man, I just show up as the dude. <laughs> I'm just the dude that show up as the dude I ain't have. Yeah. That's that's my why. You know? That's so, and it's so simple. It's simple and not like it's it's, it's, it's it's simple. <laughs> it's simple because it's just a couple words, but those couple words mean so much. Those couple words mean that. so much. <laughs> but I'm, yeah. yeah, it's funny. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Those couple words mean so much. Said, where can we find you on social media? Man, y'all. Uh, really LinkedIn y'all can find me on all of them I'm not I'm not on the bird one and I'm sounding so old right now man <laughs> y'all he means Twitter I'm not on Twitter um I'm too loquacious for Twitter I I, I have way too many words for 150 <laughs> unless they didn't change that I can't do 150 uh but Instagram y'all can find me under Cedric Edison Facebook Cedric Edison uh, the said speaks you type that in anywhere that's gonna pull me up you type in Cedric Edison anywhere it's gonna uh, pull me up Google Yahoo maybe even Hotmail I don't know but everything is under Cedric Edison <laughs> you took I'm it back so, I gotta be silly man that's, you, that's took me. <laughs> you took it back <laughs> hey, you I tried have... to find my MySpace and see if I could change there, but I, I don't think MySpace even worked. It's not even around anymore. Last <laughs> time I, I did, I, I found my MySpace. It was like probably like seven, eight years ago. And I was like, hey, yo. It was like jumping in, like opening a, a time capsule. Yeah. Because it's it, it stopped right where you were at that moment. Like, wow, yeah. I am definitely not the person that I used to be, thank goodness. <laughs> Man, for real, for thank real. Goodness. You have anything else you want to uh, share with the people? Um, Man, the only, the one thing that's on my mind right now is, <laughs> and, and I'm always talking about it, though, is tea. Um, and, and, and Aaron, you probably haven't heard this before. This it's not tea that that you drink or anything like that. That's an acronym, and it's thinking, emotions, and actions. Um, and just thinking, you know, 
our words really become our beliefs, which are thoughts. And the way we think is going to control the way we feel. <laughs> and however we feel and will control how you show up in the world. And however you showing up day in and day out is what controls your destiny. So make sure you, you when you pop in that cart, that old Kermit meme, <laughs> when you're sipping the tea, make sure you you mind your tea. And and a quote to keep to keep that in mind is uh focus on you, not me. Focus on you, not me. Love it. Focus on you. You got um you have t-shirts, don't you? Did I say that? They're oh yeah, yeah, man. They're available on your them. website, correct? Yeah, yes. Oh, man, less. I ain't even put, I put that blurb in there. Say less. You had, to, you had to appreciate you, man. We got the gear like fearless. It's a vibe. Um, focus on you. We got different styles of that, and um, you can actually find that at L Y S T as in Tom three five four dot com. So that's list with the Y three fifty four dot com. And uh, man, we got all kind of quotes. As they come, I send them off to the people, and they put them on the shirt. <laughs> Fearless, Perfect. it's a vibe. You, you name it, they up there. Love it, love it. And where another senseless plug? Where can we get your book? Oh, this um everything like all products like right now you can see it speaks. Um, I do have it in the in the clothing store. This mm -hmm. has an add on. Um, but. The next one, it don't launch until next week on the 9th. Gotcha. On the 9th. I get all that stuff to you. I don't know when it's going to be up. And if y'all haven't, if, if it's not up until after the 9th and you're hearing this, then you can just catch it at uh, Said Speaks. And that the new one is uh, Articles of Life, a collection of lessons learned. Love that. Yeah, we done, That's going to be good. Now, <laughs> That's going to be good. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Said Cedric, Cedric Edison. What does resilience mean to you? Resilience. What does resilience mean to me? And this is just coming off the dome, y'all. I, I knew the question was coming, but I didn't know the question was coming. <laughs> oh, man, resilience to me, simple words, man. Have, putting one foot in front of the other one and one hand up above the other one, no matter what. Keep climbing. That's that's resilience to me. Keep climbing. You know, because you could you could take if you just take that note that no man, I mean it literally, no matter what, take a step. I should have well no excuses, because that's what's in my head right now. Is no there there are no excuses. Don't mm -hmm. accept it. And two things. Don't ever answer a why with I can't. Or I don't know how. As long as you don't say those and just keep going. That's resilience. Mm -hmm. Love it. Love it. That's actually, resi that's resilience in action. Yeah, boy, yeah. <laughs> for real. Yo, like I really, really 
love to ask that question because no matter the answer, it's always in action. And that is a wonderful way to wrap up this podcast. Said you've been amazing, bro. Thank you so very, very, very much for for hanging out with us. I know, like we've been like boop, 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 trying to get, <laughs> trying to get with each other, and and we finally did it. And and I can't thank you enough for spending some time with us, man. Man, I appreciate you having me in your world, man. It's pretty dope. You know what you got going on over there, man. It, it really is podcast growing and p i know how people hold they try you know it's like holding cards close to your chest and uh it's it's always always on a man when somebody you know want to introduce me to their people i don't take that light so thank you for trusting me to come and speak a few words in front of your people absolutely i know you had a you had an amazing story and someone somewhere is going to to listen to it and and you're going to help them get through what it is. So thank you. Nah, man. My pleasure. My pleasure. That's the only hope. I hope I, wherever it land, again, I'm just showing up as the dude. Love it. Showing up as the dude. Showing up as the dude. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Resilience in Action with Aaron Brown. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And I want you to remember one thing. Resilience in Action will always lead to a greater human experience.